Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in rainy New York City. Oh, so I had a great weekend off, um, and luckily there were no other big stories other than um, Adam Levine leaving The Voice, um, which we talked about in the Saturday Blind Item episode. So I think the celebs were just like, mm, no, that boy needs some time off. We're going to behave this weekend. <laughs> And I can almost feel Mandy typing me, telling me that I'm insane right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so. Um, I just want to tell you guys, uh, probably Thursday of this week, Will will be joining me for another politically charged segment. Um, this one about Theresa May and any and all um, events surrounding her resignation and what's going on with Brexit. So, stay tuned for that. And speaking of politically charged, we're going to talk about Kat Sadler. She's the former um, e-host who found out that her male co-host was making twice what she was, despite her having um, more experience and, uh, frankly, being more popular with with the viewers. Now, uh, this is not... Uh, unequal pay is not a new issue. Um, I remember hearing about it even as I was growing up. Um, and more recently, there was, of course, the outrage over Mark Wahlberg being paid, um, like, one, $1.5 million to do reshoots for all the money in the world, and Michelle Williams getting $1,000. And the argument with that was, well, her representation uh, wasn't as good as Mark Wahlberg's. Until it came out that her represent her Michelle's repre- representation was the same as Mark Wahlberg's, so really it wasn't it wasn't a matter of her representation not being good. It was who they decided to put their weight behind, and it kind of shows you who was more willing to do whatever it took to save that movie. But I digress. Um, with Kat Sadler, in the, to be honest, I didn't. I don't watch E. I don't like it. I don't think that they do a very good job. Um, it's almost like People Magazine for the TV generation. Um, it's always more about making the celebrities look better and not really getting into the dirt. Uh, but. What I really respected about Kat was when she quit, she let everyone know why she quit. And the gossip around her exit was E-executives were pissed. They were hoping that she would go quietly into the good night um, and not make a big to-do about this. And when she did, they had to figure out how to do damage control. And now, um, 
Kat gave us an update over the weekend. She's apparently doing magnificent. Um, she's um, doing a lot of freelance, one-off hosting gigs. Like she did, a, um, she hosted the red carpet for Vanity Fair um, at the Oscars. Um, she's writing a book. She's launching a new podcast called Naked with Cat Sadler. And she said that she is now making what she should have been making at E all those years. And, you know, and this is with her taking some time off um, to be with her daughter and, and, you know, spend some time with her family. Um... As far as egos, they haven't said anything, but they obviously have a trouble with females over there, despite being a female-skewing network. Um, Those of you who don't remember, Chelsea Handler had a late-night talk show for, like, seven or eight years. And she left for a very similar reason. Um, they actually wanted to cut her pay, and Netflix offered a significant raise. And it just makes you wonder, what in the world is happening over at E? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right here. I'm going to go and take a break. I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, let's talk about some E. Azalea right now. Um, the rapper has had a lower profile in recent years. She came out of the, she came out like blazing hot, you know, at the top of her game, um, Fancy, Black Widow, those songs top of the charts. And then suddenly she wasn't such a chart topper anymore. Um, maybe her songs charted, um, Pretty Girls, her duet with Britney, um, I think it hit the top 40, but it didn't, I don't think it ever went to the top 10. Um, a lot of people blame that on them not promoting the single. Um, Iggy and Britney actually had a little bit of a feud going on um, because Iggy threw Britney under the bus and said, hey, you know, she doesn't promote it. And Britney was like, you knew what this was. This is not my single. Uh, but anyways... Recently, some naked photos of her were leaked, and she is pissed. Now, these photos were taken, um, allegedly, for GQ magazine, and she said in one of her Twitter and Instagram posts, I hadn't seen other other women's covers leaked. So I felt comfortable on a closed set to model for such a reputable magazine, knowing only the images with my hands covering would be considered for print. And and that's fair. That is actually very fair to those misogynistic assholes who are saying that she knew what she was getting into or she deserves this for posing nude. Fuck you. Okay? Fuck you. No, she did not deserve this. Whatever you think of Iggy Azalea or any woman, or for that matter, any man, nobody deserves to have 
their nudes spread across the internet without their permission. Period. Uh, but there's a little more to this story. Um, last year, NT Lawyer from Crazy Days and Nights started talking about how um, Iggy was desperate for a career comeback. Um, she was sick of seeing her singles um, chart and then sink or not even hit the charts. And uh, allegedly one producer came forward and said, hey, I'll help you, but take these pictures. Um, and if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to leak them. I don't know if this is connected to that or not. Um, and as a lot of commenters said, if I remember correctly, on those posts, the claims were dubious at best. Um, it, part of the reason why is he kept calling her one hit and wonder when um, at that point she had at least two or three huge top ten hits. Um, so that is out there. Um, he, as of recording time, he had not addressed whether those um, lines were in connection with this leak scandal. But I'm definitely going to keep up the research and I will bring it to you as I know. Um, The photographer, Nino... Oh, sorry guys, I have allergies in my... Um, my eye just went wonky on me for a second. Nino Munez said on Instagram, I'm outraged and saddened to find out that the images of mine were stolen and published without my permission. There is currently an investigation underway. Posting these stolen images is illegal and anyone who has done so will be prosecuted. As they should be. Again, I don't care who you are. If you choose to do a naked photo shoot, good on you. You should rest assured that the photos will not be published without your permission. Both the photographer and the model. Iggy also put out a statement and she said... I fully intend on finding out where the leak originated from and pressing criminal charges in regards to this. It's important to me that someone actually be held accountable for their actions and the way it impacts my life. GQ was asked for a comment, but um, they've not released one as of yet. And... This is just, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, this is just, you know, this is just this generation, this is millennials, you know, they went wild with naked photos. No. Mm -mm. That's not an excuse and it's not okay. And I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So last week, I told you about um, rumors flying that Jimmy Fallon is about to be let go from The Tonight Show. 
Um, these are what my sources are telling me. And honestly, there's no reason to doubt that. Um, the recipe is right there. Um, even if you like him, you can kind of see which way the wind is blowing at this point. But imagine my surprise when I'm reading Crazy Days and Nights on Saturday and there is an item up posted by NT Lawyer that is a direct rebuke to what I'm saying, basically alleging that um, Jimmy Fallon is the favorite um, of the NBC boss and there's no way that he's going to be fired. And it is true. Um, I don't know about the executive in question, um, but if we're looking at it as Lauren Michaels, then yeah, Jimmy Fallon started his career on Saturday Night Live, um, had quite a few viral hits before people even knew what viral hits were. Um, and so yes, Lauren Michaels probably really does love Jimmy Fallon. However, and you knew there had to be however, here's the thing. At some point, even the thinnest budget isn't going to be enough to save a job. Um, And Will and I spoke about this, especially after I saw um, the direct rebuke to our segment. And... To quote him, Jimmy Fallon's not my type of comedy. And here's the thing. That has happened a lot. A lot of people are saying it. There's a reason why Colbert is surging. There's a reason why Jimmy Kimmel um, sees surges in his ratings, especially when he talks politics. Right now... The audience is hungry for political satire or political comedy. The frat boy gross out humor is not in vogue. It'll come back in vogue. It always does. And political comedy will fall out of favor. It always does. And when I say fall out of favor, I mean just like the young adult uh, trends. Um, you know, for a very long time, um, with Harry Potter and Twilight being two of the tent poles, um, supernatural adventure slash romance was the name of the game. Every writer, every publisher was chasing this magical formula to have the next big hit. And then Katniss Everdeen and the Hunger Games came to town and and then they chased dystopian uh, futures. 
Same thing happens in comedy. Broad physical comedy, frat boy comedy, political satire. They all have their moment and they cycle in and out. That's the way it works. Um, and I and I spoke with my sources just to make sure I understood correctly. And while while it's not likely Jimmy Fallon will be fired this season, if the ratings continue to fall, and if NBC continues to cede the late night top spot to CBS. then they have to make that decision no matter how difficult it is. And those are the words straight out of my source's mouth. So, I'm glad that someone over at Crazy Days and Nights is listening. Um, so, welcome and thank you. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, over the long weekend, I got to catch up on... Some of my reading. I'm not nearly as far in um, the book that Will suggested for me to read, The Way of Kings by Brendan Sanderson, as I would like. Um, but I, you know, I play Dungeons and Dragons with Will and his group on Saturday nights. And so this week I had to create a character. Um, and. There will be an article about how bad I was at this. And will God bless him, has the patience of a saint. Um, And I'm not just saying that because he's my producer. Um, Although him being the producer definitely tells you how much patience he has with someone who goes rogue all the time. Um, And if you don't believe me, just ask any editor that's ever worked with me. Um, but part of part of creating um, my new character was um, coming up with the backstory and whatnot. And as you all know, I've been thinking about writing a fantasy series, and I actually wrote a short. Um, a, a short story based on the world and based on the characters, which Will really liked um, and Natalie really liked, which I thought was amazing. So I didn't, um, in all honesty, I thought I was on the right path, and then as Will and I started discussing it a little bit more. I realized that perhaps I wasn't as far along in in um, the process as I thought I was because um, there were some plot holes and um, one one part that really just one twist I had that I really thought was cool. And I thought the audience would love Will got very angry about. <laughs> but 
Um, so I'm creating this character, and y'all know I love my soap operas. So as I'm sitting there, I started thinking, you know, about this character's background and, you know, how he got to be to where he is and, and adding to, you know, his personality and whatnot. And, and now mind you, I, this is what I do for every character. Like, I always know more about my characters than I absolutely have to. Just because that's what I want to do. Um, and sometimes I find that the backstory is more interesting, so I focus on that. Or, as is the case with Crazy Rich Homos, um, I can take the backstory and spin it off into, like, another novella or into whatever. Um, so, as I was creating this, I, was, I started thinking about my fantasy series... Which is not something I thought about. Honestly, I've been focusing on Crazy Rich Homos, Crazy Rich Weddings. And um, writing some articles and whatnot. So, and that, but I started thinking about the fantasy series. And I think I came up with a really, really um, nifty hook and premise. Um, which... You know, obviously, I need to flush out because I just came up with it. But I, it's one that kind of harkens back to um, when I was writing One Death to Live, which um, needs to be republished and um, tightened up a bit. But, you know, it, it takes on a classic soap opera storyline... Setting it in a fantasy world. Um, and it allows me to feel more comfortable with this. Um, and I don't know, like... I think my fellow writers um, will understand that. Like, I'm really excited about this. And it kind of, again, it kind of goes back to... And opens up a whole new playing field for me. I'm going to stick to the characters um, that I've already created and, and whatnot. But it allows me later on, after I write this series, whether it's a trilogy or a four-part series, if I want to go back and do the prequel, you know, leading up to the prophecy, leading to whatever... It allows me to do that. Um, and it allows me to lead up to what happened um, before the, the initial series. And as I wrap, try to wrap this up and, and not ramble on too much longer, um, um, I think we've talked about this before. One of the things that is very, very important to... One of the things, one of the things that's very, very important to um, writers is having a series. Um, because 
that's what the readers want right now. Standalones do well if you're John Grisham, James Patterson, um, or, you know, one of those big-name authors. Or even, like, Lisa Scatellini or Brandon Sanderson. Sanderson himself, you know, they have series, but they also do, like, quick little standalones. But for the most part, a writer's bread and butter is going to be a series. Um, you know, as I've told you, Lisa Scottolini uh, does... She does have a series. Um, Brandon Sanderson has a series. Um, it's called... His series is called The Stormlight Archive. So far, it's, I think it's three books deep. Uh, with a fourth coming out sometime... I, I think it's this year, but I could be wrong. But these are the things that writers have to think about. And that's why I talk about it so much on here. Um, for my writer friends and just for myself so I can hear it out loud and think, oh, well, I gotta do that. You know what else I have to do? I have to take a break. I'll be right back. And I'm back. You know, when we talk about Ellen, it's usually... Some sort of salacious gossip, you know, her and Portia are getting divorced, or she's going to leave her talk show, and then, um, which is going to lead to her divorce, or she's a power-hungry dictator behind the scenes. Um, You know, very rarely do we talk about... the pain and, and everything she went through. Uh, I'm not talking about when she came out in the 90s, although that was certainly painful for her. <coughs> oh, it would not... We almost made it a full episode without me sneezing or coughing, so yay. Um, uh, back on track. You know, when Ellen came out in the 90s, she lost her career. Um, her show, she came out and her show lasted one more season. And the ratings fell. Uh, it was pulled from syndication, so she, for a long time, she didn't even get the syndication money. Um, in like 2000, she tried to launch a new show on, she went from ABC to CBS. And that lasted 13... I don't think it lasted a full season. It was between 13 and 16 episodes, I believe. And and then they got pulled. Um, and then, of course, she launched her very successful talk show in the mid-2000s. And... Um, she's, she's obviously worked very steadily ever since. Um, she's brought in a lot of money. She's given a lot to charities. Um, and now she's opening up again. Albeit, you know, this time she's not risking a career or anything. Um, but she's opening up about how her 
stepfather molested her. Now, this is not news. Back in um, 2005, she she insinuated it. Um, she said that she had to um, jump out of her bedroom window because he was trying to break into her room. And here's what she said back then. He tried to break down my door down, and I kicked the window out and ran because I knew it was going to go more to something. And I didn't want to tell my mother because I was protecting her, and I knew that would ruin her happiness. And that was that was kind of how she left it. Um, It's very much like how Rosie O'Donnell left it when she said that her father molested her. Um, But Ellen went on um, David Letterman's Netflix show, um, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman. And she told Dave... That um, her mother had married a quote-unquote very bad man. Um, and then she was diagnosed with... Um, Betty DeGeneres was diagnosed with breast cancer. And... Ellen kind of reveals more of her story. She said, He told me when, when she was out of town that he'd felt a lump in her breast and needed to feel my breast because he didn't want to upset her. But he needed to feel mine. And Ellen went on to say, I'm angry at myself because, you know, I didn't. I was too weak to stand up to. I was 15 or 16. Here's the thing. I, first of all, we really need to stop placing the blame on the victims. They need to feel comfortable telling us when they're ready to tell us. They need to feel like we will always be there to listen to them. They need to know that they're going to be embraced and not shunned because they were scared or they felt that like they were weak or they didn't want to hurt their mother, for Christ's sake. Instead of shaming the victims, let's shame the fucking abusers. Um, Ellen went on to say... It's a really horrible, horrible story, and the only reason I'm actually going into detail about it is because I want other girls to never let someone do that. And, you know, here's the thing. Even on this show, I've trashed Ellen for some of the things she's done. Um, For giving Kevin Hart and acting like um, she spoke for the entire LGBT community. LGBTQ, excuse me, please. Um, that was not okay. And I will always call out the bullshit. But, there also is an underlying respect for this woman. Again, you know, she came out when literally no other celebrity was coming out. Or if they were coming out, um, they didn't have a career. And now this, you know, and she didn't have to tell us. About her struggle. She didn't have to tell us. She's doing it because she wants to help people. And I think that's that's one of the things about Ellen that tends to uh, be shoved aside. 
is she's a genuinely a genuinely generous person who really uh, is trying to do what's right and do what's best. Um, and Ellen um, finished telling Dave, we women just don't feel like we're worthy or we're scared to have a voice and we're scared to say no. That's the only reason I think it's important to talk about it because there's so many young girls and it doesn't matter how old you are. When I see people speaking out, especially now, it anchors me when victims aren't believed because we just don't make stuff up. And I like men, but there are so many men that get away with so much. It's just time for us to have a voice. It's time for us to have power. Yes, it is. You know, again, the argument from the the men's rights or the misogynistic assholes is what if the woman is lying? The ratio of women who lie about being raped and or molested is so low that it's almost zero. I think it was like 0.0001%. You know, and for those, um, there was for a very long time, I mean, going around about a mom who was worried about her son talking to girls. If your son is respectful, guess what? He has nothing to worry about. As long as he's not going around grabbing her vagina, unlike the President of the United States, as long as he's not groping her breasts without her permission, or trying to force her into sex, he'll be fine. You know, I've been very lucky. I've known a lot of straight guys. And 99.9% of them are very respectful. The loudest voices in the room that accuse women are lying are the ones who are fucking touching the women inappropriately. They're the ones that are raping the women. And they don't want women believed because they want to be able to continue to assert their power and domination. And that's not okay. It's not okay. And as always, thank you all so much for listening. Um... This weekend we should be hitting our regular, regularly scheduled. Blah, I can't speak. Um, we should be going back to our regular schedule. Um, Saturday will be the long delayed Britney deep dive, and Sunday will be a day of blind items. Of course, I reserve the right to change that um, because there were quite a few crazy days and nights. Um, longer blind items that I thought were really intriguing so um, if I can get enough of them we may do another weekend of blinds and Brittany's deep dive may go to Friday but I'll let you know until next time though cheers